How can AI improve the recruiting process from CV review to candidate scoring? How to comply with international legal regulations, especially regarding data privacy and the use of artificial intelligence? What are the best practices to combat bias? Welcome to Artificial Intelligence Innovations Meets App Exchange, the bi-weekly show that explores the impact of AI in the Salesforce ecosystem. I'm Jakub Stefaniak, Salesforce Certified Technical Architect and VP of Technology Strategy and Innovation at Akiva Labs, where we help App Exchange partners accelerate their adoption of the latest technologies and get the most out of their Salesforce partnership. In each episode, we sit down with leaders from App Exchange ecosystem to discuss the latest trends and innovation in AI, product development opportunities, and ethical considerations. Our goal is to address critical challenges faced by business, build a community of engaged professionals, and provide insights into the latest trends and innovation in AI to help you stay informed and ahead of the curve. So, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's dive into the world of AI and App Exchange. Hello, thank you for accepting our invitation. Could you at the beginning introduce yourself and your role in the Salesforce ecosystem? Hi, Jakub, and thank you for having me. I'm Yevgeny Pavlov, and I'm a founder and CEO of Flare. And Flare is a managed package, uh, obviously, on Salesforce. And it's uh, HR and recruiting all-in-one solution for employees, managers, and everyone in your company. And we since 2019. Awesome. And we are speaking today because like when I'm thinking about use cases for generative AI, lots of things which are part of your package immediately as a person who spent quite lots of time on people management came to my mind. So there are probably many pains which you currently either can solve with your solution or you are thinking about them, right? Yeah, indeed. So when you think about AI, it's usually, and even examples, it's uh, all applied to some recruiting or HR or something to summarize. That's why like, it's a natural, a logical way where you can add it. On the other hand, as well, it's a little bit tricky because especially with recruiting, so anything related to scanning, resumes, CVs, and so on, then you have all this problem with bias. As far as I remember, Adi in the New York, they have like some registry like legislation that literally you have to kind of prove that your AI is non-biased, like fully automated stuff and so on, right? So how does it look from your perspective? It's actually a great question in general about AI, not just about recruiting or HR application. So how not to be biased and how like to build a model which helps recruiters and uh, don't tell recruiters whom to hire. It's not only about AI and all uh, metrics you use uh, or we use in our recruiting, we try to build them this way that they help to evaluate or help to reduce manual work rather than tell recruiters whom to hire. Because it's like can uh, lead to a dangerous road when a machine will always like just define based on different uh, training or models which person is better. And then on the other hand, it can be that candidates can create their CVs or application, which match best this uh, scoring to be on the top might be. So I can imagine this. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a little bit always like that. So I don't remember when exactly, but on some webinar, one of the hit like tips from headhunters, what to do to like 
have a good scoring level resume was just copy paste the full text and put it as a white text with minimum front at the end of your resume, right? So probably this kind of war always happening just about the new problems related to the new technology. Yeah, but this is even how human brain works. So if you know your job description and you see CV, you just scan the scheme, everything like it's like it's on board and you swipe left, swipe right and decide is it a good person or not. Definitely. So what is the current state of your application? Do you already have like some implementations of AI? Yes, uh, we started it long time ago because it's, as we mentioned earlier, it's the best case like to edit. And uh, we started with actually automatic scoring of candidates based on a parsed CV and their applications. And again, it's just like to show recruiters how the application match your requirements. This is like one things. And another one is what probably most people use uh, ChatGPT and uh, similar things is uh, help to create different descriptions. And one of them is a job description. This is what we already have in better and uh, everything else we are relating what to add. Okay, so please tell me if it will be too technical, but I'm curious. For the second use case, is it just uh, integration with OpenAI or do you like consider as well other large language models or other AI vendors? I would love to use what Salesforce provides, but it's still not available for partners. And unfortunately, they don't tell when it will be available. So probably next year. But meanwhile, we started to use with OpenAI API, but we build uh, the way that we can add any other model more or less easily, but like to have first feedback from our customers we are using OpenAI. Sure. Uh, from our experience, because like in uh, Akiva, we participate in this Einstein AI pilot, uh, which was announced before the team first. The nice thing is that it saves you time with development. So we have like few Apex classes, which allows you to make this integration like in a very seamless way. From perspective, you already made the effort to have this integration. Probably is not going to be a big game changer, of course. After they add all these like secure layers, trust layers, and so on, yeah, it can change. But at this moment, we should give them probably some time to bring more value to the table. Yes, definitely. And maybe I and, can ask uh, one question. And sure. uh, how was your experience with using this uh, API from Salesforce? Was it it's responsive? Was it uh, always a good result? I have a feeling that in terms of the quality of response, it was very similar to OpenAI quality. So probably like at this moment, it was not much in this middleware layer added. In terms of the complexity of development, that was a huge thing that literally in two weeks, we were able to implement like few use cases because we had quite tough deadline to have presentation at Dreamforce when we presented the output. So like delivering anything in two weeks, is always an awesome thing. On the other hand, we've seen some things which I believe are extra bugs introduced on the way. So like, for example, some API calls, which in our analysis should not even be close to the token limit, hit this limit. So for sure, like there are already some elements which are adding this extra checks and so on. But you know, it was a close pilot. So like some uh, level of chaos is expected on such an early stage. Oh, it's, it's cool, amazing. And let's focus maybe on the second use case, which you mentioned. So the automatic scoring, I believe it's not the generative AI anymore, right? So how exactly do you implement this? Yeah, we use uh, different models, but also from OpenAI. 
and say as a different so basically it's not chat gpt but uh, it's open they provide multiple apis already which you can use of them so i'm not going like directly into like technical details which exactly we use and we plan also to start using others vendors and then what we do is that we try to build different requirements like tokens from your job description and also at the same time analyze your cv and your applications and using models available on the market trying to match and build scoring based on our algorithms Hmm, that's very interesting. So do I understand correctly that you then send via API the job description, the CV from the candidate, and like some extra guidance or requirements, which are then part of your intellectual property? Exactly. So we, but we don't send a CV directly because first it's, it's another like maybe topic about like this bias, but another topic is like data security. So you don't want to share these personal details of uh, candidates with uh, OpenAI or other vendors. Might be that with Salesforce, it would be like easier that they have this trust layer that you can uh, be like more like sure that nothing is going to leak. But for us, we try to send like parts of your CD, like extracted so we already analyzed this on like internally and then we only send what is important for us to send it like to understand the score so it's like your previous positions your maybe education so your maybe skills it depends what you provided that's why like uh, as i mentioned like you can create a great cv that it will match great your job description so we try to parse different things and create uh, different tokens out of this Hmm, okay, that's that sounds very interesting. Talking about these problems with sending personal information to AI, it's part of the research which I am finding quite exciting because like at the end you can as well have self-hosted version of large language models, like for example, take Llama from Meta. Yep. The only thing is that then it should give you the same quality as OpenAI. And as so far we haven't yet found the vendor providing this quality, right? Yeah, exactly. But I believe that they, other vendors will maybe open it or maybe going to be a paid version that you can run on your own environment and uh, do not expose to OpenAI, to Meta or other companies. Maybe Salesforce is also part of this story. You know, theoretically, if you read terms and conditions of using OpenAI API as well, they promise that if you are paying for this API scores, they are not going to add this to their model, right? So on paper, everything looks good, but then, of course, it's not solving yeah. all these problems if something went wrong with all this data, right? Yes. Mm. And what about the quality of these predictions? Because like with the current state of AI, we know about hallucinations. We know that generally it's not like bulletproof, right? So do you have like some consistency with the scoring for the same candidates? Yes and no. So and as you probably also like played around with different AI, you understand that and you see that it's like easy to start like it's like you can create a great demo in two weeks maybe even less and it's like everyone will say wow and it works but then when it goes like to actual like usage and implementation and checking then this is like can take months to tune these things so because that's exactly that like it's not matching so it's not maybe what you expect and uh, that's why like it's like a lot of work so you need like to maybe use different way of clusterizing maybe different way of uh, tokenizing things and uh, how you send data and how like you also parse it 
And this takes like a lot of time. And this is what we kind of like work a lot to try to that it's always consistent and it's uh, working the way we expect and our customers. Hmm. One more potential challenge at top of this is the fact that if you are using publicly available model, then of course this model as well can change overnight. And I'm curious, do you have like some vision how you can make sure that quality assurance on this kind of the product is going to be stable? Usually open AI is you kind of like a fixed model, but they can deprecate. This is true. And then it's always like you need to update. And in this case, uh, you need to write some uh, integration test, at least like to have uh, some threshold of your quality that it's not degradating. Then. That's for sure. It's going to be exciting to see like first production usage of this kind of the fully automated features and see how much is going to change the full application life cycle to deliver this value in ecosystem way. So I'm guessing that with job description generations, a little bit easier because at the end you have a person always validating the results, right? So what is their approach in this case? In this case, it's really similar to ChatGPT. So it's uh, you have your prompt, you have then results. And then of course, like you have this ChatGPT way of doing things. So it's uh, not the perfect, but it's good start point for recruiters to do things. Maybe I can tell what we also plan and what actually AI can help a lot. It's all things when you need summarized, not maybe to score because score is still again, like all these biased things and like harder to work. But when you need to summarize a big amount of information, then AI is like really helpful. One of this is we are going to implement in performance reviews when you have a lot of performance reviews. And as manager, you want basically from your performance route, just a part of like a summarized part, especially if you have a lot of uh, employees in your team and many months week of uh, different uh, reviews or one once, then it works really well. Sp- specifically there, you can use your like, own cluster. So maybe not a API. So because quality more or less good or summarizing a big amount of data. Hmm. And I would expect that as well for providing a written feedback is going to be probably another feature which people are going to love because it's really that you will find somebody who really loved this part of the year when you have like 20 reviews to prepare, right? Yes, this is true, yeah. Okay, but it's very interesting and I was exactly expecting that on the talent development you have already something in mind. So what is your approach with like setting the priorities for this kind of AI implementation? Like, do you start with them? What is going to work for majority of your customers or what is like the low hanging fruit? As well, like it can be both, but what we try to understand where we can actually save time, because it's not just like to have AI because it's hyped, but it's actually to save time for users. So with recruiting, you definitely see improvements or job generation. So they don't need to think of uh, writing a lot of text, automatic scoring. If you receive thousand candidates, at least you see that some of them like really bad because they just applied for the wrong position and summarizing performance reviews or like feedback cycles as well. So it's like really save time for managers as well. So uh, this is one of the metrics we use. And of course, like if uh, something it's easier to implement and uh, a lot of value is always like with any features in society developers, uh, why not to add it? That makes sense. And what about the cost of using this external API? So I'm curious, like how adding this kind of the features when you literally pay for every API call to another vendor impact your pricing strategy? 
So currently it's in our preview, so like better. So customers don't need to pay extra for this. And uh, it's will be probably similar to what we seen in Notion AI or like Loom AI when they did a test, uh, extensive test for six, eight months, and then they went to a paid model. Or we probably will put this like in a bigger plan when we already include many like uh, great things. So, but it's for now, I would say that the pricing from OpenAI is like really good. So it's not so expensive, but if they will change when they, everyone is connected to OpenAI, they might change in the future. Mm. Uh, from my general knowledge of computer science, I hope it's going to be rather opposite that AI should be better, faster and cheaper because we are still on quite early phase of especially generative AI, right? So especially with many more available for free open source models, if their quality is going to increase, OpenAI is rather going to fight for keeping the position, like increasing the pricing can be quite tricky, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we also had some examples with uh, Microsoft when they increased pricing for the API, but let's see, let's hope that it will be like cheaper. Sure. And I didn't ask about this at the beginning, but your managed package is like 100% native application, or do you have as well some middleware on, I don't know, Heroku, AWS? So it is 100% native application, but for connection to things like OpenAI or other like recruiting parsing tool, we could like use Heroku. Okay, that, that of course makes perfectly sense. Okay, so... I think that cover the interesting part, like literally how to tackle the pricing. And I'm curious, like probably then in this six, eight most effective, which you mentioned to make this decision, you are going to as well need some data of the usage. So do you expect to work closer with this pilot customers with this AI features enabled or rather we are going to roll it out to the broader audience and then like see how on average people are using these new features? So because we are releasing several things in AI, so we will do both approach. So some of them we will hide under feature toggle and enable only if they ask. And for some we uh, do for like for everyone, but at the same time we have a configuration to disable if they don't feel comfortable of AI. So we also receive this feedback from some customers. So they actually don't want any AI at all. <laughs> it's still like maybe HR, some conservative things. So they not sure that AI is a good thing, especially with all this data processing. Then we can collect feedback from our customers, asking them and uh, also see the usage and understand like, is it going to like, how it's actually saving time for them. And then that's for sure. And that's very close to the end of the time. My last question would be, general approach to HR because as you said some companies can be even a little bit afraid of using AI and most of all we can expect that in different countries sooner or later are going to have different regulations for in European Union for sure in the US something is already happening and so on so how as a product company you can stay at top of all these like legal requirements coming from different parts of the world to your customers it's really complicated, specifically building an HR app. It's building a global HR app because uh, it's not only with AI, it's with uh, employee, employee data, candidate data, and it's uh, every country. They have uh, different legislations and uh, laws. And uh, that's why like, it's kind of like increased development time because we need to know all of these uh, legislations and put final, let's say, candidate anonymization. So 
you need to have this in your tool. Or, for example, tracking GPS. So in some countries it's allowed, some countries it's not allowed. And the same, I think, will come with AI. That's why we already implement the way that it's easily to switch off, easily to change the like model, or maybe even like the, way, the region where it's operating is also important because currently... It might be everything in the U.S. service. And if you operate in Europe, that people uh, expect that it's all processing inside European servers. So it's uh, a lot of like these hidden things for implementation that uh, you need to keep in mind. And it's, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it uh, might actually slow you down <laughs> with uh, adding new features. Definitely. It sounds like it's going to be quite busy period for you and your company. So thank you one more time for having time for us today and sharing your insights. Yes, thank you for inviting me. Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode of AI Innovations Meets App Exchange. We hope you enjoyed the insightful discussion and found this episode valuable. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to sign up for our newsletter and never miss a beat. If you have any questions or want to engage with us further, we'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Until next time, keep exploring the exciting world of AI and app exchange.